Welcome to the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. It's time for you. A podcast produced for the sheep industry by Sheep Connect New South Wales. Hi, my name is Fiona MacArthur, a network coordinator for Sheep Connect New South Wales. The Sheep Extension Network in New South Wales, which is funded by Australian Wool Innovation. Sheep Connect New South Wales has a membership of over 4,000 and our main aim is to keep you and your sheep business up to date on information about all things sheep. We are pleased to have you join us this season for our latest edition of It's Time For You. With over 70,000 listens on our podcast, we thank you for joining us. to the Sheep Connects New South Wales podcast. During our break, I have been busy going through our feedback here at Sheep Connects New South Wales, and I'd like to thank everybody for your topic selections. One of the popular topics was Campylobacter in sheep. So to find out more about this zoonotic disease, I've invited back Dr. Joan Lloyd to the podcast. Joan has completed her veterinary training at the Western College of Veterinary Medicine at the University of Sextanctuan and her postgraduate training in veterinary pathology and immunology at the University of Sydney. Since completing her postgrad training, she has worked extensively in research roles for the New South Wales Department of Primary Industries, within the pharmaceutical industry and for livestock industries. During this time, she has developed a close working relationship with the Australian sheep industry and has a good understanding of the health and welfare challenges it faces. Joan's consulting business was established in 2008 and has developed a strong reputation for providing well thought out veterinary science support to the Australian livestock industries. Welcome Joan and thank you for joining me on It's Time For You. Thank you Fiona and I'm very pleased to be back uh, today um, talking about Campylobacter in sheep. Joan, we had a great webinar recently on this exact topic which people can find on the Sheep Connect New South Wales web website but let's go through some of the key points together now can you tell us a little bit more about the disease what is it well um yes fiona um campylobacter are a type of bacteria um they're a bacteria that um, infects a broad range of animal species and campylobacter is one of the most common causes of late-term abortion in australian news um, the two types of Campylobacter normally associated um, with abortion in ewes. Um, the most common is called Campylobacter fetus fetus. But in Australia, another type of Campylobacter, Campylobacter jejuni, can also cause late-term abortion in Australian ewes. And what sort of impact does it have on our industry, Joan? Well, the Campylobacter um, bacteria and the late-term abortions that it cause has, uh, causes has two main impacts on industry. Uh, the first is that it um, impacts lamb marketing, lamb marking percentages. So, um, with the camp, what it, it will lead to um, a reduction in, in lamb marking percentages. It will also increase um, the number of dry ewes in the flock. And, and we all know that um, dry ewes aren't as productive as um, ewes that are carrying lambs. With your, you have quite a, a good 
relationship with industry. As you've been going around, you've been doing a lot of research throughout our Eastern Seaboard lately, have you got an idea of how widespread the disease could be? Well, um, yes, Fiona. I, I myself haven't done a research on Campylobacter um, in Australian sheep, but there are a number of other groups that have, and there's been uh, a number of surveys and um, and uh, surveys uh, conducted in in New South Wales as well. And they have demonstrated that the Campylobacter bacteria is present in around 60 to 80 percent of the flocks tested. And in a third of these flocks, um, the infection was associated with abortion. Traditionally, we used to think of Campylobacter as a, uh, a problem in the um, cooler, higher rainfall regions of um, southeastern Australia. But over the past few years, it, it's been demonstrated um, that the bacteria is actually, it, 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 well, that the bacteria has been detected in all sheep raising regions in, of Australia including um, the drier mixed farming and pastoral regions. Joni, since it seems to be spreading further, I guess this is a really good time to talk about how it is actually spread. Do all animals um, carry it and have symptoms? Well, how, how the Campylobacter uh, bacteria spreads within a flock. So first of all, the in, root of infection is oral. And um, so sheep become infected by um, grazing on contaminated pastures or feed or um, by drinking contaminated water sources. And um, the Campylobacter um, is um, an infection, as I say, oral, oral infection, and then is in the intestines. And, and some sheep will become chronic carriers of the Campylobacter um, bacteria and carry the bacteria in their um, in their intestine and shed it in their feces, contaminating pastures and water sources uh, for other sheep. Now, there's no really no practical way of detecting these carrier sheep under Australian conditions. I mean, I, I suppose um, with smaller numbers of sheep, we could take um, fecal swabs from them or rectal swabs from them and do PCR testing for Campylobacter. But under Australian conditions, that, that really isn't practical because we would need to collect millions and, and millions of swabs and, and then do all, all, all the testing. As I said a, a, um, a bit earlier in the podcast, Campylobacter is one of these bacteria that can um, infect a broad range of, of animals. And so the Campylobacter um, bacteria can also be carried by uh, animals like crows and and also foxes and and other um, animals that would predate on um, infected aborted fetuses. So also things um, you know like um, eagles or, or feral pigs, where where those are hanging around um, the pregnant ewes. We'll move now to talking a little bit about how it causes abortion in sheep. And you've said that animals can, the infection can spread through eating contaminated grass or water sources. So are there any other ways animal sheep can get infected? Well, well, really, as I, as I, um, I said, the, the um, root of infection is oral. So animals do become infected by grazing contaminated pastures or feed. Um, so... Uh, and also by drinking those um, contaminated contaminated water sources. So if you think of, of situations where um, maybe there's an increase, increased risk of, of contamination, 
Um, so things like when we have um, the animals held under a higher stocking density, so things like um, uh, confinement feeding use in late pregnancy, where we're doing things like intensive rotational grazing, um, those sorts of things where there's increased stocking density that, that can increase the risk. So how important would really good hygiene around that lambing time be then? Well, a good hygiene is, is really essential, Fiona, in, in the lead up to lambing. Because um, we've got this fecal oral route of contamination, pretending, pre preventing fecal contamination of the um, food and uh, water that the uh, pregnant ewes are consuming is really um, essential. So how the um, abortion in, uh, occurs, so just so to help with understanding of what happens, is that some ewes, after they um, consume the, the bacteria in, in their feed and water, in some ewes, the infection won't be confined um, to their intestine. So the bacteria will actually spread um, into the blood of, of those ewes, and they'll develop a septicemia or a blood poisoning. And when they're pregnant, what the consequence of this is that the that infection in the blood can actually spread through um, their uterus into the placenta and then um, infect um, the fetus. So inside the um, the uterus and then inside the placenta, the um, the fetus is um, in um, in fluid. So the the fetus is floating in in fluid in inside the placenta. And the fetus um, continually drinks that fluid. So what happens is when you get that contamination or that infection in the in the fluid inside the placenta, the fetus drinks that um, fluid and becomes infected itself. And then as a result of that, that's that's how the um, the uh, abortion occurs. So as a result of that fetal infection, um, the fetus um, might die and and begin to decompose inside the you. Um, it might um, be stillborn or it might survive but be weakened and struggle to survive after birth. Joan, all of these, I guess, symptoms for want of a better word to describe it, it can it be exacerbated depending on the class of sheep, like um, your older ewes or your maidens or your single bearing or your multiple carrying ewes? Well, abortion, these late term abortions um, in sheep is something that we often see more in, in maiden ewes. And that's just because maiden ewes are younger and, and haven't had as much time to develop a nice strong immunity to all the pathogens um, in their environment. So that's why with things like, like this late term abortion problem, Campylobacter, in, in, in uh, ewes, one of the things that where we first um, begin to wonder if we might have a problem is we see this noticeable gap um, between scanning and marking, especially in those maiden ewes, or we might see a large um, gap between the maidens and the rest of the flock. When should we be on the lookout? So you've mentioned there that some of the, the symptoms, I suppose, would be um, looking at your marking um, percentages there, but what other symptoms, how would you know if the um, ewes are aborting early uh, when you're going around the paddock? Well, yes, so when when um, when you're out checking the ewes in, in the lead up um, to lambing, the sort of thing to be on the lookout for um, is um, 
uh, any ewes that, that have any vaginal discharge. So usually before they, they have the um, abortion, for the three or four days leading up uh, to the abortion, they will have a brown vaginal discharge. So that's something that, that you might see on the breech and, and down the back legs. After they've had an abortion, then they will have a bloodstained breach and also blood um, down the down the back legs. So that's something to be on the lookout for when you're out checking um, checking the ewes. Uh, you might um, find um, aborted or or stillborn lambs, um, depending on 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 how you're managing uh, managing the ewes, and and um, so you might see those and find those uh, aborted or or stillborn lambs if predators haven't got to them. Um, the other thing that you might see is um, um, at lambing, you might see weak lambs that, that die soon after birth. Um, it's, it's quite amazing, and, and I think this comes down to the incredible toughness of Australian merino ewes. I mean, there's very few animals that are tougher than Australian merino ewe. And, and so despite the um, ewes undergoing uh, this abortion, um, the vast majority of them will not become noticeably sick, but it's important to keep in mind um, that there are some, a, a, probably a small percentage that, that will have problems and uh, will develop a, a more um, significant infection. Um, and, and so it's important to be on, on the lookout for these animals um, because you don't want to lose any, any use. And also importantly, you don't want the use to have um, significant scarring inside their uterus um, that pretend, presents, I'm sorry, prevents them um, becoming um, pregnant um, at the subsequent joinings. So, so just something to have in your mind that, that you, you need to be um, cognizant of the fact that there are some use that will be, become sick from this. And if you, um, if you have any concerns at all, then it's important to reach out for help. Joan, if we think that we've got a problem and we're seeing aborted lambs or ewes that potentially have aborted, what, what can producers do? How long do these animals stay infected? Should we be doing something with them? Yes, yeah, so what, what happens after the Campylobacter abortion? And, you know, we talked about how um, this occurs as, as a result of the infection spreading from the intestines into the blood, then into the, into the uh, uterus itself. So after a ewe has had an abortion caused by the Campylobacter bacteria, they will shed large amounts of the Campylobacter bacteria from the vagina for up to six weeks after the abortion. Um, so it, soon after the abortion, they'll be shedding really a lot, and then gradually over time, that will um, decrease. And this contamination is a really significant risk for the other ewes um, in, in the mob because it what can happen then is is then those other ewes can become um, infected and 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 start aborting themselves. So one re there's a couple of key things that that uh, uh, people need to do if, if faced with this situation. The first thing is to um, catch and isolate those infected ewes away from the main flock. Now I know this is you know something that none of us likes. Um, being out there tackling use to catch and isolate them, but it, it's really important um, to do this. Um, the with the use, um, what once you've caught them, um, what uh, uh, it's good to put them in a, a sunny paddock, a dry sunny paddock, because they 
what that will allow the um, the sun to get in and um, um, kill those um, Campylobacter um, bacteria as as they're shed by the ewe. It's also good for the ewe that um, you know they, a nice sunny spot for them to rest and, and recover from the abortion. The other thing it's really important to do is is where practical practical to collect and dispose of any aborted fetuses, placenta, and dead lambs. I mentioned before that crows and foxes and and other predators that that feed on dead fetuses or lambs can themselves become infected, and they can then spread the infection. Um, out of that paddock or area where you where you have the use uh, across the rest of the farm. So really, as much as possible, you need to be out there collecting and disposing of any um, aborted fetuses, placentas, and dead lambs. So the best way um, to dispose of them is is to burn them. And um, but if council um, regulations don't allow that, then, then um, they need to be disposed of in, in such a way that these predators can't get them, so that crows and foxes, other things, can't get to them, and that also the dogs can't get to them. Joan, with the bacteria being continually shedded by the ewes and also being contained in fluids and afterbirth during the abortion and even the lamb itself, how contaminated can the environment actually get? Does the bacteria survive in the soil as well? Yes, yeah, so the um, the you could just imagine that the environment can become fairly heavily contaminated. Um, so I think that the higher the stocking density that the that you have the use under when something like this is happening, then the more contaminated um, the environment will become. Uh, so the Campylobacter bacteria survives um, best under cool and moist conditions. Um, it doesn't survive as, as long uh, if it's hot and dry. So um, we tend to think of Campylobacter bacteria being a uh, abortion, being a, a problem when, when the ewes are at high stocking density under and it's wet and, and cold. So I, I don't have um, any, any figures on exactly how long the Campylobacter bacteria will survive because it sort of varies depending on the conditions that the ewes are under. So as I've said, um, cool and moist, high stocking density, and if the ewes are aborting, then, then you're going to have a, a very heavily contaminated environment. And, and, um, and that's why it's important to um, remove the ewes that are having a problem from that environment move them to a dry sunny area uh, where they can spread out and and the sunshine will kill those bacteria. There's also other help available for farmers so coopers have the only vaccine available. Um, what role can you see that the vaccine plays in helping to control or prevent the disease? Well the vaccine I think has a really um, an important role in helping manage risk and um, just be before we, we talk, uh, there are two risks from the Campylobacter um, abortion. So you've got the risks to the ewe um, herself in, in terms of the abortion. But the Campylobacter bacteria, because I mentioned before, it's one of these bacteria that um, a number of different animals can get. Um, we can also become infected with the Campylobacter bacteria. And Campylobacter is infected, in fact, a very common cause of gastroenteritis in humans. And um, you could get a much more severe disease in, um, in, in immunocompromised people. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, so I just wanted to make that point before we uh, move on to talk about the vaccine, um, because I, I probably didn't cover off uh, enough on that when I was talking about um, disposing of the aborted fetuses. So when you're doing that, it's really important um, to wear disposable gloves and long sleeves when you're handling uh, that contaminated material. And, and then when you've, you've got it all ready for burning, then you put your, uh, the gloves in with that and, and burn the gloves as well. Uh, you need to then wash your hands um, thoroughly or, or use hand sanitizer. I know sometimes when you're out in the paddock, it's, it's difficult to wash your hands. So if you have hand sanitizer with you, use that first and then, um, and then wash your hands and forearms thoroughly when, when you get back to somewhere where you can. And also uh, remember to disinfect your boots so you don't spread that infection to other parts of the farm. And I'd just like to go a little bit further into that because a Campylobacter is a zoonotic disease, which means it can affect humans. And that's getting quite popular in the media at the moment on the back of Japanese encephalitis and things like that. Um, how important is it that we are really careful and take serious note of this disease? It, it is, yeah, it is. It, as I say, it is. Um, Campylobacter is a very common cause of, of gastroenteritis in humans, and so we need to be aware of that. Um, the bacteria can be a problem for us, um, but it's also important in this situation. There, there are a number of other bacteria that and uh, that can cause um, a, a late-term abortion in use. Uh, so things like um, Salmonella, uh, Listeria. Um, pathogenic Leptospira, and Brucella ovis, and uh, also um, Coxiella burnetii, which is the bacteria that causes Q fever. So some of these are, are also a problem for us. Not all, but some of these are also a problem for us. So certainly we all know about Q fever or, or Coxiella. Um, that is a, certainly a problem for us, and we need so we need to be really careful uh, when we're dealing with these um, aborted fetuses and and ewes that have um, have suffered an abortion. So you know we need to be careful uh, to, to wear long gloves, long sleeves, and especially for handling um, the aborted uh, material, we, we need to be really careful. Uh, I'll just say that Brucella ovis um, isn't uh, something that in, infects humans. So since there's so many different um, bacteria that can cause abortion on farm, is there a way, should farmers just call a vet if they think they've got a problem or is there some first steps that they can take themselves to start the diagnosis pro diagnostic process? Yes, well, so I think it depends on for each um, person on on what their situation is. So if if they have ready access and a good relationship with the local veterinarian, then then the first thing they they in that situation they they might want to do is 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 contact that person and um, have them come out and and do an investigation. If that isn't the situation, well, then there are are things that um, people can do themselves to start the investigative process. So. You remember that I, I mentioned that um, after having a Campylobacter abortion, the ewe will be spreading uh, really significant amounts of bacteria from her vagina. So a simple thing that we can do is um, collect a vaginal swab from that ewe and send it off for Campylobacter testing. And I think this is an area where uh, we're really fortunate to have all of these new technologies that have become available to us over the past few years. 
And, and this includes um, special swabs designed specifically for use in livestock um, to collect um, samples for PCR testing. And we all know um, after the COVID outbreak, we, we've all come to understand the really the value of PCR testing in disease control programs. And so these new swabs um, open up this um, potential and possibility to the livestock industries. So as I say, these are special swabs designed specifically for use in livestock. Um, they come in a nice sturdy tube. Um, they're pre-labeled, including uh, with the barcode. So if you have electronic ID in the use, you can scan the swab and then you can scan um, the use ear tag. You don't have to mess around with things like pens um, when you're out doing the swab collection. They have um, a, a nice long, three centimeter long sample collection surface, which is, is nice and soft. And um, they have a, a nice, um, uh, strong, flexible um, shaft on them, and also a cap that's, that's really easy to hold on to. The other advantage of these swabs is that they're designed to um, be collecting samples under field conditions where it's difficult to where things like refrigeration or holding samples on ice. So what you do after you've collected a sample, you put the swab back into its special tube, and that special tube actually dries out and preserves the sample, um, inactivates any pathogens, and then preserves the, the DNA that you've collected onto the swab surface so that it's ready for PCR testing. You can then just um, put those swabs after you've used them into a Ziploc bag and then put that into an express post envelope and, and send it off to the lab for Campylobacter testing. Um, and Joan, your lab deals a lot with these tests. Could you just give us your website before we finish up so that people can go directly to your website for assistance? Certainly, Fiona, I'd be happy to do that. So I, I've just put on my website a few things that I, I think will help um, people in this situation. So my website, joanlloydconsulting.com. Once you get to the main page on the navigation panel uh, up at the top of the website, you just click on the products page and that will take you to where I, I have um, these things that I, I think will help. So when you go onto the products page, you'll see the special swabs. They're called the GenoTube Livestock Swab. Charge $2.35 for each swab. They're a bit more expensive than a traditional swab, but the advantages more than outweigh um, that um, increased cost. You can just pop them into your cart and, and, and then I can mail them out to you. Also on that page, uh, you'll see um, the Campylobacter PCR test. It's called Abortion in Sheep Campylobacter PCR. I've put there a, um, you can read a bit about um, the PCR test. I've um, included uh, on that page a, um, a place where you can click um, to download a submission sheet. It's just like a sheet that's in a worm test kit, so we're all familiar with that. If you want to have a, uh, once you've collected your swabs, you just need to um, download that form, fill in your information, and, and then you can uh, mail the, um, the swabs back into us. I've also um, just finished working on an instruction sheet for collecting vaginal swabs uh, from ewes. Uh, I'll be posting that up in, in the same place under the abortion in sheep can back to PCR. Um, when you click through on that, uh, you'll see that instruction sheet and you can also uh, download that instruction sheet. Um, so you, you, and that will explain exactly 
how you need what you need to do to collect the swabs. So um, um, the a bit about how to use the swabs themselves, and then what I suggest in in, in terms of the mechanism for collecting a vaginal swab from a ewe. Great. Thanks, Joan. That was a great podcast. It was lovely to have you on board and sharing your extensive knowledge with all our listeners. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Fiona, and very happy um, to be here today. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of It's Time For You, the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. If you haven't done so already, rate and review us on iTunes. We'd appreciate it if you could share our podcast within your networks. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the Australian Wool Innovation Podcast, The Yarn. We'd love you to stay in contact with Sheep Connect New South Wales, and you can do this in a number of ways. Join our network by visiting www.sheepconnectnewsouthwales.com.au and you can find us at Sheep Connect New South Wales on Facebook and Twitter. We look forward to seeing you at our workshops and events during the year. Thank you again for joining us today. Bye for now.